What was your first AOL screen name? <laughs> oh man. I I I I feel like there was one before this, but I vividly remember I had a friend, my best friend at the time, his name was Jamie, and I combined or we combined Jamie and Matt and had Jat, J A T T 14 because we were 14 years old. That's the only thing I can remember, <laughs> but there has there has to be a screen name before that because I was on and then we were like, "Hell, let's make a new one." Right. And uh yeah, I beyond yeah. that I couldn't I couldn't tell you. Jat, J A T T Man, I uh, my dad gave us the first one, so it was nothing too exciting. It was his like uh, shield number from police, and then we lost AOL rights because I downloaded too many photos of Sonny. Uh, <laughs> true story. True story. Uh, and your dad found them printed out. Dad found them. Uh, oh, I love it. So I then we like hijacked it. my uncle's uh, AOL, which was his last name. So the first one that I ever named was Y two Jim Problem One, which is a truly reprehensible screen name. But, oh, it's beautiful. And it lasted for a long time because I very kept a picture that had to have been 15, 10, 15 years later, and you still had it. Yeah. It's, um... You made it your <laughs> name on Zubaz pants, too. So, No, that was Jim Buck, too. Oh, you're right. You're right. What about you, Mike? Yeah, so I had the same th- uh, deal with the parents giving you the screen name MJM2530, which was my address. But then when I got to make my own, I made it yeah 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 as in it's from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 when Donatello pushes the clown he goes yeah 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 <laughs> literally the only person on planet earth who would <laughs> quote that line in a screen name kudos to damn right alright Nick make us all look bad what oh, was yours baby. <laughs> mine was Big Digga 28 yeah <laughs> welcome to the Western show this is Lord Extra Cooler, and welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> right, so, uh, right, so, uh, what's in cooler? Oh, that just blew my mind. <laughs> the rhino, the rhino sang, yeah. Extra credit. Port, 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 port side heater. Extra credit. Welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. Welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. My name is Nick, otherwise known as Big Digga, and this week I am joined by... Oh, God, that's embarrassing. I'm you, glad you we got that cut, out there. You, you, you can't just cut it off and play the theme without like explaining does. where this is coming from. I was literally laughing for about 30 seconds out of I the intro. It. So You looked like you were going to fall what? out of your chair. I, I almost did. I there, really almost there did. There was the Flip Mode Squad, and there was Raw Digga, and I thought, hey, Big Digga is a good screen name. It didn't last long, clearly. Is that like, good. Is that like a big Valbowski mashup? I don't even remember. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, God. Yeah. Here we are. We've got the conclusion of our summer of 1998 in wrestling, the second half of SummerSlam 1998, the highway to hell. It's been our it's, highway to hell in a way. You know? it, like, it really has. Yeah. <laughs> this has been exhausting. A lot of giant Silvas and Carl Malone's along the way. Yeah, who Think came up with this, this idea? Giant Silva sounds like a <laughs> python. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch out. That giant, get that giant Silva out there. Your brain's turned into golden ale over there now. 
Yeah. Yes. Eight, Matt, 8% is from any last housekeeping? week. housekeeping? I do have some housekeeping. So we were correct last episode as we were talking about Southern Justice. I was. Otherwise known as the Godwins who did go by their real names of Dennis Knight. So ding, ding, ding. Jim was correct. How and Mark, Mark Canterbury. Canterbury, yes. Mark Canterbury. Bingo. So, yeah, we were right. How about that? As soon as you said Mark Canterbury clicked in my head. Yep, I don't know agreed. how. Well, Nick lived right next to Canterbury Crossing, which it's does true. not jive with Mark Canterbury. Oh, but I digress. People are people are now Googling to find out where that is. <laughs> they're going to be outside, all one, uh, gonna be outside Big Digger's window tonight. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, all right. man. Part, part two kicks us off at the uh, one hour and six minute mark with Michael Cole and one half of the tag team champions, Mankind. Michael Cole is once again with Mankind. He's lost his car, his tag team partner, and his sledgehammer. Uh, he doesn't want to disappoint the people. He's a little worried about getting killed because he's going to have to face the New Age Outlaws all by himself. But here comes Mr. McMahon, who tells him that the people you know, don't want him to play in traffic and reminds him that it's Madison Square Garden. Uh, if Mankind can win tonight, he'll be in the MSG Hall of Fame. Uh, Mankind needs a weapon, so Vince goes and gets him a silver platter out of nowhere with like candles. Which so is a catering this, platter, you yeah. know, like this deep, is deep dish. This is them just trying to force Mankind as this big, big, big baby face, not big digger, but big baby face. Uh, <laughs> and they're like trying to make him this huge underdog in this two on one scenario that he's got nobody there to to help him out. And uh, he delivers one of the most classic lines, I think, that we've ever heard from Mankind, Mick Foley. Like he's got a long list of things, but this one has to be That's up there. so good. We're going to play it. Let's do it. I can hand you. Look, I can hand you history. In a silver platter. In a silver platter. Vince, if the outlaws don't like it, well, I've got 13 words for them. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? <laughs> it's so, I love Livers it. it in that classic Cactus Jack voice, uh, voice cracking and going up and down. Like, he, oh, man. You know Foley he's having so much fun doing that. He is the best. He really think- is. And don't you think – I feel like Vince is kind of like earnest here. Like I feel yes. like what he's saying about MSG and stuff is like how he really feels. I think he really genuinely adores Mick and like it really kind of comes across that way when he's telling him like you could be a legend like even though he knows he's going to get his ass kicked. Completely yeah. agreed. We're going to talk more about that because I've got a lot, a lot of thoughts about uh, Mankind and Mick Foley that I'm sure we're all thinking uh, when we watch that match. But first, we get a match – that I initially rolled my eyes at, right? We get we head over to um, the the theater at MSG, which believe it or not, this is the second time we have covered this venue. Um, if you don't remember, we covered it during WrestleMania 10. Um, but we see a video hyping the feud between Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock that led them to a Lions Den match. Dan Severn is training Owen for the match, um, and it's a submission. Is it a submission match? No. Um, but it's in this lion's den and it takes place in the theater at MSG. So like picture for those of you who don't remember WWE, WWF at the time, trying to recreate their own version of the octagon, like in MMA, but a lot smaller. Why it was smaller. I don't know. Um, 
but here we are, and it's in the theater, and uh, these guys get their music, but barely any entrance. Owen gets zero entrance at all. His music plays. They show the crowd with the Titantron, uh, and then finally he's, like, standing next to the, the lion's den with with uh, Dan the Beast Severn. Yeah, this the, the fight pit, like, it essentially looks very much like it did in NXT when it came back recently. So it, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And, and Matt Riddle had it and they're pulling it out for more of those UFC guys, but it's essentially this cage, but it's angled out and it, it kind of is like a bowl almost. I don't necessarily understand why the referee is on the top of yeah, the he's cage. He's on like a catwalk. Yeah. It's, Probably because it's, it's so tiny. It's so small. It, they could they couldn't get anything done in there. I can't yeah, see you're probably the Keurig, right. uh, cup thing after Mikey Workrate just said yeah. that. Like, I can see a cure. <laughs> it looks like. Yeah, one of those ones that, you know. The, yeah, the theater, though, if you are if you had your formative years at the same time that we did, you cannot, for, you know, shake the uh, the idea that it is the scene of the NFL draft from 95 oh, to man. 2004. Yep. So this is like – Right so, in that era, so you just ima- imagine booing Jets fans, booing Kyle Brady <laughs> draft picks, whoever the hell else they picked. Kyle like, Brady. It is like, like it's so such a distinct look. This theater, and the theater is in the same building. It's just upstairs. Right. So if you go into Madison Square Garden, for those that haven't been there, you you still have to take all of these escalators going all the way around. And for us jabronis that sit in the three hundred section, you take a, an immense amount of escalators to get up to the top of it. But oh, yeah. it's so elevated above street level that you get into the actual arena, and then you take an. It's completely separated from the actual arena, but you go up a different escalator to get to the very top of the venue where the theater is, and. They said that the theater was uh, was like very, very much undersold, that it was tough to put people in there. Uh, the, Meltzer said the theater wasn't nearly as successful. In fact, it was almost a bomb with 2,522 fans of that 1816 were paid and it was a 4,500 seat building. So they made approximately $32,000 off of the theater only. Which is which like is nothing for them. Nothing. Nothing. Even 1998, sure, it, it, yeah, 32,000 is a little bit more, but still, that's a super small number. Yeah, but what? They get to watch one match and then the rest on a giant screen or something? Yeah. Yeah. And they so, I mean, like, used they it. They should take whatever they get from that. That's like all they, extra. They like use it. They used the theater in the past for like closed circuit pay per views as well. So you'd be able to go there and watch the pay-per-views on big screen in kind of like a movie theater setting, if you will. And that's exactly what this was. There were like risers in the back, like a movie theater would be. And then where the stage would be at the very bottom, they had this structure, this fight pit, which it was just a very strange setup with two screens on either side. Uh, The entrances were weird. Like Nick was saying it, it certainly was an interesting venue to have it. For some reason, there's something about it that I liked. And I, yeah. I don't know if I can put my finger on it necessarily, maybe because it's I've, I've been to the theater. I, I don't know. Just thinking about wrestling in that space is is different and cool. I think you like it because also uh, – how do I put this? Here comes a joke. Hit me. <laughs> Damn it. Hit Jam me. me up. Hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you like it because Dan the Beast is sitting ringside looking like he's about to strip down and go and sit naked in the sauna at Club Fit, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> that's 
a good point. <laughs> I uh, I've only been to Club Fit in Yorktown Heights. Where is that Maypack technically? Yorktown. Is it Yorktown? Yeah, it's Yorktown. Okay. I think Jefferson I've only been Valley. in. Uh, yeah, there you go. I think I've the only Valley. been inside Club Fit like maybe two or three times. <laughs> Severn would fit in well in his little yeah, shirt with a towel over his neck. It's I, he's I such love... a funny addition to the ring ringside or curing side, whatever we are calling this. So I, I love I, yet I love yet hate when we get super Yorktown Heights on on this call. Uh, on this, uh, I think Club Fit is a generic club, like a workout place, though. So I'm going to say yes. Club Fit to the day I die. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. has uh, Keurig conversation real quick. They tell you to take the foil off the top of the Keurig cup, dump the grounds, and then recycle the cup. Has anybody ever done that? No. <laughs> Absolutely. Who tells not. you to do that? Sever? It, it, no, it says it on like yeah, the box that you I buy, agree. or it, it, it's on like the label itself. In some instances, it, they tell you to take the foil off, dump the coffee grounds, wash it out, and then recycle the little yeah, plastic screw cup. You. you just screwed, you just screwed up our Green Mountain Coffee advertisement. Like, like we were about to. <laughs> there goes that sponsorship. Yeah, damn. I, man. I've been I've been all about the Black Rifle coffee right now. I've mm. been the one with Sasquatch on the box. That's I actually that's the have one I've been Green drinking. Mountain, so Jim's yeah. not far yeah. off. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, right. it completely so, derailed us. Quick on Back the, the can we talk here. about yeah, can we talk about the ring gear because Owen is wearing his classic caution tape, right? Which Hell I believe yeah. Michael Workrate wore to school. Uh, yes, I did. Yes, that so, was excellent. Did anybody else forget about the T-shirt that he had? Yes, yeah. I had no idea. I pulled pictures. There is one on eBay. It looks extremely worn. I've thrown it up on the screen for the boys here. It's four hundred and fifty dollars oh oh going on eBay right now. On the front, it says, "And then there was one," but the one is crossed out in red, in like red MS Paint essentially, and it says Owen underneath it. So, and then there was Owen. On the back, it has the black heart, Owen Hart, still beaten. Like, this almost looks like a Kevin Owens shirt, which is it kind does. Of crazy to think about. But, like, I had zero recollection of this I did not remember shirt. this. I thought the same exact thing when I saw it. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. And I feel like during the match, you, you could really only make out what was on the back of the shirt. Yes, yeah, 100%. It's on a mannequin? <laughs> yeah, it's on eBay, trying to man. sell it like, for $400, man. Four fifty. I bet you. I bet you. Ted could buy it for four fifty and spin it for eight hundred. But that's a <laughs> story for a different day. Uh, this. But okay. So going back to the match. First. Let's go back to the match because I totally forgot about anything that happened in this match, and yeah. I was like, you look at the talent, and you're like, well, Owen is uh, is Owen, and then Shamrock. Like as we've been reminded in this summer series that we've done. Shamrock can go, man. He he's obviously a little crazy. I don't want to hear him on the mic, but he can go. And Shamrock, the way he uses the cage, is much more creative than I thought was going to happen oh, in yeah. this match. This thing is not forgiving. Also, no, no, he's throwing more of it. Is, oh, is not forgiving. It's not like a regular wrestling mat. No, and they're throwing each other off the cage as if it were ropes. Um, Shamrock's like climbing it, scaling it, and jumping off of it, like running jumps off of it, like parkour. Uh, yeah, it's, parkour, that yeah. Super, it's that Superman <laughs> style UFC, like Superman punch, like legit. Uh, and he's jumping off the cage. Eventually, Owen catches him and nails a nasty power slam out of it, too, which I thought was extremely impressive. So, all of these, like, uh, all, all of these, uh, what I wrote in my notes as like Superman punch esque moves, were really cool and were something that I 
had zero recollection, just like you. Um, so right before we get to the end, at one point, King's like Jerry Jerry Lawler's referring it to as the structure. I don't know what we'll call it. And Jr. like subtly is like. How about the lion's den? Yes. <laughs> like, oh man, it's such a good line. I've only said it a ten thousand times leading up. To but Owen has Shamrock in the sharpshooter, and Shamrock goes and pulls himself up with his hands on the wall of the cage to break out of it. Shamrock, what a cool spot. Shamrock hits a tornado DDT using the cage once again. Uh, Owen sends Shamrock into the cage, locks in the dragon sleeper. Shamrock climbs out and climbs the cage once again for an up and over and flips out of the dragon sleeper. Then Shamrock goes for the armbar, transitions into an ankle lock, and Dan Severn just walks away in disgust, like teases throwing the towel as Owen taps out and matches over. There's one thing we did not talk about before we get into ratings. The, the First of all, Shamrock using the cage is incredible. So cool. The the getting out of that dragon sleeper, climbing the cage, flipping back over, just mwah, chef's kiss. Loved it all. But in the very beginning of the match, Shamrock is working extremely stiff throughout this entire match and hits a high clothesline that bloodies Owen from the mouth immediately. And you immediately get the Brett Owen, that, that heart <laughs> signature, wide open mouth Boom. as they're gasping for air throughout the entire match. But on top of that, you here <laughs> we're talking about episode 55 last time when we will talk about it again more. But Matty CSI was a, a nickname that that was failed from that episode. But Matty CSI is coming should've out again. Hurt. Say that again, Jim. I should have pushed it harder. Yeah, we, we, we can push it now. It'll just you know 50 episodes later but anyway <laughs> um th- there is a spot where you can clearly see shamrock is trying to gig himself and he's just uh. completely unsuccessful and there's just this little bit of blood coming out the top shamrock still throws his head into the cage a couple more times uh owen mounts him starts pounding on his head it looks like legit he's throwing punches but shamrock never gets the crimson mask that i think they wanted out of this match and i feel like that would have added to it even more sure shame i think i would have i did not even notice that no me me neither yeah no there's there's my Maddie CSI. Maddie CSI. He's got the, 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 uh, the uh, what's that called? The black light over the thing. You know that guy's yeah. trying to gauge himself. You can tell. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely uh, rewound that one of being like, oh, there it is. There's a blade. <laughs> Did uh, all right. Cans in the cooler. So far, our highest rating is three cans in the cooler. I'm going higher. And what at first, I, I at first I watched this match like kind of. In the background, I didn't. It didn't catch my attention 100. Uh, percent It was just kind of just. It was on. I was distracted, and I was originally wrote down two and a half, and then I actually went back and I watched it with a like cleaner eye. I actually paid attention to it 100. Percent, and this match was really good. I like Agreed. really enjoyed it. I I'm was hesitant to go to three and a half which is actually where Meltzer rated this match he was extremely generous to this match and was put it over major in the uh in the newsletter but I'm going 3.25 it just it felt really cool 
the 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 they both worked stiff. Both of them made this look different and feel different. And maybe I was jaded by like uh, fight pit, whatever the recent right. the recency bias of this has been a joke as of late. But this actually felt different. And for 1998, man, like this this was extremely different. And I really enjoyed it when I went back and watched it again. What do you two have? Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I mean, Matt, I couldn't have said it better myself. I think I would actually go three and a half, but um, I agree with a hundred percent of everything you said. So, that's I have I it at it. three. I have it at three and a half. This is, was my favorite match up until this point, like that we watched on this card. It, three and a half. It, it was different. Like I said, I rolled my eyes at the thought of it. Like, oh God, what is this going to be? Some really good action. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're going to do a shot. No, I gave it a two. <laughs> oh, my I, God. I, I, just, I don't care for this kind of stuff. Like, like keep my wrestling wrestling. And, like, I don't like Agreed. veer into, like, this reality shit. Like, I don't know. It's just not for me. Like, I, I they're pretending to be real. Like, if you're going to pretend to be real, go all the way and do Brawl for All or something. So, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't like it. I don't like the atmosphere. Um, I didn't like the atmosphere at all. I, but again, I, I might go back. Matt, as always, is selling me on it as he, he's very good at you're, doing. I'm like, yeah, welcome. you know what? I'm thinking about it. You're but I, I will. One positive was in the promo, which is badass. Actually, in the beginning, right? Like these guys kicked the crap out of each other, like for a while leading up to this, which I really don't remember at all. And I'd love no. to go back and see that stuff. But there's a scene. Is correct me if I'm wrong. Of Ken Shamrock invading the dungeon is that what it, is that what i saw yeah they had a match they There's had a, a match, match there yeah bef- uh, beforehand oh, uh, like i was it at a pay-per-view in oh, the dungeon yes. it was a pay-per-view yeah where and owen goes over yeah, yeah. putting it on a pole that son of a shamrock bitch. with a dumbbell that son of a bitch kicked my door down you know and uh, helen was right there and he <laughs> he, he, he got helen ankle lock and Helen was no. incapacitated, uh, you know, what? she was having a seizure at the, the rhino. He had to put a Get spoon the hell in her Yeah, he put, put a spoon in her mouth, and uh, I was trying to splash her with the pills in there, and she just, she wouldn't wake up. But, what uh, about the rhino? He was, he, he put, he, he had the spoon, you know, he put the spoon in the, the to mouth. keep her from swallowing her tongue. Yeah, Were you guys doing the Watusi? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to get that rascal shamrock out of there, and then uh, yeah, you know we had some yeah, we, you know, we did we did the wet juicy for a bit. <laughs> I'm out of commission. You gotta you gotta you gotta go without. All right, me. sorry, fellas. <laughs> we we get stone cold with Michael Cole in the back, and nothing of value here, right? No. Uh, yeah, no, no. None. Well, actually, yeah, no, if you're right, there's nothing of value because he's holding the worst title belt yeah, of all time. Trash. Ooh. Worst title belt. He says, like he says he's going to do whatever it takes to keep the title, which no. uh, is actually foreshadowing. Right. That's exactly why I said that. I ha- I thought nothing of value here, but then after you watch the main event, his exact words were, uh, he's not afraid to cheap shot you. Right. So uh, it was interesting. I thought it was interesting that they did that. They- They've made a big deal about Kane not being there the right. entire night, right? And this just backs that up even further. But we'll 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 talk about Kane in a few minutes. All right. Uh, before we we get to our next match, what's in everybody's cooler? The extra cooler show and what's in the cooler is brought to you by Sloop Brewing Company. Sloop Brewing is known for their hazy and golden IPAs like Juice Bomb and Super Soft. 
What Who is wants that? to go first? Jim should go first. Looks like we well, have multiple sloops on uh, the situation here. I'll go first, though, since I am talking. I've got the Keeping It Chill Cold IPA. I'm oh. really enjoying it. This is the first one I've had oh. on this batch. Yeah. Oh, shit. What? You like that? No, Six... I like that. Six and... percent <laughs> alcohol. It's Looks like delicious. Nick's the only one without a sloop. Yeah. Oh, man. Brewed with lager, yeast, flaked oats, mosaic cryo. It's delicious. Wow. Sounds. Is that, that's I, I have get that. I got to get that. Sometimes I was going to say, get, like, I our own little uh, things up here before you guys down there. It's funny. I like it. Well, actually, Sloop has just uh, come out with their outside uh, venue Ooh, opening amen. this weekend. About time. Yeah, Love so it. I plan on going there this weekend. So Nice. I'm, I'm going to look for that. Definitely I brought, I take juice photos. Bombs, Definitely take a... photos. Let us see the outdoor venue. I've seen it on on Instagram already. They posted yeah. a few pictures. It looks like a large tent with some tables and a bar out there. I, it refrigerator. Like Nick said this has been super super needed. They had just yeah. an indoor space and now extending outside, especially this time of year, it's going to be perfect. Um, wait until we get to Oktoberfest time. Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. That'll be huge. Mikey Workrate is going to live there. Mikey, Mikey, when you go there this weekend, Join could, me. You, could you please, 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 when you go there this weekend, cosplay as uh, the giant Silva? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where to get FUBU nowadays, though. Yeah. How about Golga? How about Golga? Fine, Golga. You can okay. do Golga. Yeah. Get a really have a, I really have a brown mask. Yeah, and some tan sweatpants <laughs> with cuffed ankles. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what beer did you bring? I'm sorry, I derailed you. I got a you. juice bomb. Juice bomb. Awesome, awesome. I too have a sloop. I have their premium lager. Love I, that. I can't get enough of this one, man. It's, Me too. It's four point six percent crushable. I'm already on can number two. I wish I ran up and got a can number three, but uh, hell yeah! Cheers, fellas. Look at that can. It has a Miller Highlight vibe it's, to it. It's I think. beautiful. It's, it's beautiful on purpose. Can. Same color it's scheme. Totally on purpose. Yes. It's that like Love tannish kind of yellowish with golden be my favorite sloop. Whoa. Golden text on there. I cannot go to. I'm my gonna go favorite, get some this weekend. But I totally appreciate it. Cool. And I love uh, it. you can just Nick. You uh, uh, never mind. I was gonna about to say you can just come over. I've got some in the fridge. We can enjoy together. But I'm I'm taking off again on Saturday, so I have to retract <laughs> that statement. You can still go and open the fridge and do right. what you will. But uh, I'll meet you there's there. a golden top to it as well, it's which beautiful. I uh, think is a nice touch. So yes, uh, cheers, boys. Damn, I wish you guys texted me. I would have brought a sloop too. But instead, I have something from Jim. <laughs> oh, he gave me yeah. some cough syrup. Ah. I mean, hard. It's Happy Daddy Hard Seltzer. And it is the Death Row Records. <laughs> it is grape. And it is, tastes grape. like uh, cough medicine. But at first, at first, once you Bite get your, used to it, it's like, Bite oh, this tongue. isn't that bad. This isn't that bad. Yeah. So if it's like Dimatap, Dimatap was the shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm now picturing a little Mikey Workrate just downing a bottle of Dimatap. Yeah, he down that and play some Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's like staring at the old man selling a sword for two hours. No, I could see how this is dangerous. I don't taste any alcohol in this uh, whatsoever. But cheers, guys. Next Cheers. up, we've got the New Age Outlaws facing off against one half of the tag team champions, Mankind, in a Falls Count Anywhere handicap match for the WWF Tag Team Championship. 
Um, Mankind's tag team partner, as we know, is Kane, and he's missing in action. Mankind's music plays, right? And this is the most bizarre thing to me, right? Time has passed. The 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 Lions Den match ended. The celebrations ended. We get Stone Cold in the back with Michael Cole. Maybe he was supposed to kill a little bit more time on the mic. But Mankind's music plays. We don't see Mankind. All we see is these guys that are pushing the TV on a cart that a substitute teacher would wheel in to, when the teacher is absent, right? They're, like, removing them. You've, they've got four of these, like, tube televisions that are probably 36 inches set up on each side of the ring. Like, I get why they did that, but you're expecting close to 22,000 people to look down and see that and watch the match on that? Yeah. I, I don't uh... I don't know. Strange. Strange. Sounds anyway, like a popcorn time. <laughs> yeah, mankind comes out by himself. the The shot of the camera is like right on his face. It's the only person who has an entrance like this. It's right on his face because he's walking down the aisle as the televisions are being pushed into the back. <laughs> it's so strange. It's so strange. So before we talk about this match, I, I just have to ask. We went from this man getting thrown off the Hell in a Cell, getting choked slammed through Hell in a Cell. Shouldn't Mick Foley or Mankind have been the company's number two babyface behind Stone Cold at this point? Like they're getting I'm, there. They're getting there. Bullshit! It should have happened immediately. It should have happened the next night, if you ask they're- me. I mean, we talked about it with the promo to kick off this episode. Right. Like, that's what this time in Mankind's character development is is all about the salesmanship of vince mcmahon telling telling mankind he could do it he's going to be a legend in the msg hall of fame next week like and then he's going to come out and just get obliterated sorry spoiler alert we also that, probably needed a month to recover like yeah. and get yeah, like right? into form again <laughs> but but the crowd walk. should have been behind him is what i'm getting at not that so is, much the booking of the company it should have been one of those things where like like Vince and whoever's booking their hands were tied and they had to make the decision to like move forward with Foley. Maybe that's if fair. they didn't book him against DX and the outlaws. Yes. Yeah. That's, I think yeah. that's so, the problem. Cause like that goes like, think about yourself back then. Would, right. Did you get right on board? No. Right. No, like no, it took no. until later, mm-hmm. but that's, but that's the, the booking though. So, Oh, 100%. He, he's like, I don't, I don't remember as well as you guys do, but like he's, the tag team champions already like between hell in a cell and now yeah like that's not a ton of time and here we are like the next major pay-per-view right and he's got a title it's just not giving the rub or the importance that they need for him to be this overcoming baby face that's initial that's inevitably or eventually going to be holding their title so and I think you have to understand too that they are in a major transition period. They've done this like yes. it's like a snake shedding its skin it's like year after year here, right? Like I'd say that the uh, WrestleMania 14, which is earlier this year, 98, is like the finale to the 97 type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So and now yep. they're like figuring out the next phase, and it's like all yep. this Undertaker, Kane, Mankind stuff, and they do get there probably at Survivor Series where The Rock does the turn and everything and now mankind is sympathetic because he gets hosed so like they're getting there but like it you i like i admire the booking like it's really long-term thinking it is it is callbacks it's it's impressive i think he wins the title especially since Vince russo is involved (laughs) that that's that's the craziest part 
So talk about callbacks. We get the outlaws out next with their dumpster, like they wheeled out so at WrestleMania 13. They they also uh, the New Age Outlaws come out and Road Dog has the microphone and he, they're kicking it old school with a. Did anybody else write this in their notes? Uh, diggity diggity dizumpster. <laughs> yeah, old school. <laughs> it's like three months ago. <laughs> diggity diggy d dizumpster. Dizumpster. D i z z u p s t a is how I spelt it in my notes. If anybody cared, he but like you said, it is like, on there too. <laughs> it is literally. It's it's what five months ago they're yes, coming out and like school. I was like, oh yeah, last year. I was like, no, that was like two days ago. So <laughs> I, it's funny rewatching it. I'm like, wait a second, like. Oh, that's pretty cool at first. And then I'm like, wait a second. Aren't they like full on DX? Weren't they just wearing this like Outlaws gear not too long ago? It's... They're still wearing South Park shirts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're the second and third people on this card to be wearing a South Park shirt besides Golga, right? Like... Wait, wait. I just got slapped Correct. in the face with something. The South Park wrestlers really set the tone and made way for Extra Cooler to be a thing. <laughs> The, if the it crossover. wasn't if it wasn't for some idiot artist creating wrestlers as South Park characters, oh. Extra Cooler would never be here. Ooh. So I am gonna cheers to the artists, whomever it may be. I don't think we've ever known. Cheers no, to I South know. Park wrestlers, uh, yeah, like Kane, right? It's Kenny and stuff like that. Well, so there's a guy that I've been buddies with on Instagram. His, of course, uh, you know the guy. His his name is the South Park guy Biz, huh. uh, and he's done a ton of South Park wrestler mashups to the it's, point where he's gotten them like printed and and signed at conventions and his stuff. Is he pretty the awesome. OG? Is he I, the OG? I don't know if he's the OG, but this guy has a lot. I'm I'm gonna send it to you guys and I'm gonna Please post do. discount in the Discord right now. Please do. That's awesome, but no, for real though. Yeah. Like it, it just smacked me in the face. But that's like the the first, the first non sign related. So everything in '98 and the the, the late '90s was on a sign, uh, but this was like infiltrating yeah. AOL and and Big Digga. It goes to show you how like uh, <laughs> how over like South Park was. Imagine like oh my God. yeah. Imagine like ten years prior, like in '98. I don't know Survivor Series like. I don't know, three guys, Demolition and Ken Patera show up wearing like Mr. Belvedere shirts. Like, just, it doesn't happen. Like, uh, more South like Park. Heathcliff. Yeah, Heath. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, cartoonish. I should have gone with a cartoon. My bad. Calvin and Hobbes kind of went through a thing, right? Wearing yeah, football pissing jerseys on someone. And, someone yeah, yeah, pissing, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that you all own That's, Jets once. No, I, I, can't, I can't do Bill yeah. Waterson like that. I don't no. that Off brand Calvin and Hobbes stuff. No way. All right. We, we, all right. We've gone Back off on go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Back to the match. So uh, the shots on Foley are brutal, man. They've got these, like, pans, and they're just doing the concerto before the concerto was a thing to him. Uh, It's, I don't know, it's a weird situation because you've got Foley, who's a heel, uh, who's a face, I'm sorry, and the outlaws, who are faces as well. And the crowd is extremely conflicted. Scumbag faces. Like, well, not until, like, the end. They're they're very conflicted until the very end. So, uh, Road Dog gets a table so that mankind can hip toss Billy through that table. Uh, the Outlaws hit a modified 3D on mankind for a two count. They then place two chairs together, like facing each other, and they powerbomb mankind through them. 
Road Dog goes for a lame color, lame cover. Did you did anybody catch this? The lame cover. Mm-hmm. It's like one, two. He kicks out, and then we get. <laughs> yep. And and the music cuts completely. So someone in the back thought that was the end of the match and hits the Outlaws music. Followed uh, by the entire MSG crowd chanting, you effed up. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, then uh, Whoops. the cocky cover is what really like turns them heel, essentially, even though it didn't. Um, Road Dog gets one of the title belts. The Outlaws do a spike pile driver onto the belt for the three count. And they then, once again, play the music for, like, two seconds, and Road Dog introduces them as the new tag team champions. Billy Gunn says they're going to put Mankind in the trash where he belongs. So Meltzer gave us a little factoid in the newsletter. This is Billy Gunn's sixth reign as WWF Tag Team Champion, Most. which is which is the all-time record for the promotion, previously held uh, five times by Mike Rotunda and Tony Guerrera. Wow, Mike Rotunda. I thought that was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Six-time champ, and he still sucks in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Billy. Sorry. So they throw uh, they throw mankind in the dumpster. The outlaws pose. Jr. blames Vince for everything, and then all of a sudden we get Kane pop up in the dumpster. Turns out he's got mankind's sledgehammer. Drives it down onto the dumpster, which we assume mankind is under there somewhere. And the outlaws scurry to the back. Did nobody see Kane in the dumpster? Nobody in the crowd saw Kane in the dumpster. I thought it was pretty impressive. They probably I did too. had him covered. They Big had man. like. They had all right. of the the, the the what what do they call it? All the plunder, all the, the brain, plunder yeah. uh, on top. So they were pulling out garbage cans and yes, tables true, yeah. and chairs and whatever else. They probably had Kane just like chilling in the corner. Him, yeah, laying there like and he's a hammock or something. Like <laughs> Arms behind his head. <laughs> this match is like. I think he didn't jump out when he heard the music play the first time. Right, right. Like, oh, right. Yeah, that would that would have been funny. Cans in the cooler. So this match to me is the epitome of like middle of the road, right? I didn't hate it because it was only five minutes. I didn't love it. Like there's nothing that I'm like, you got to watch. But so two and a half, I guess. I don't know. It's probably yeah, being generous, right. but I, I gave yeah. it a two. I, I like, gave it. Yeah. It's Mick Foley. Like yeah, it wasn't it's awful. Fun. Like there's a lot of yeah. hard hits and stuff, but it's whatever. Two, two is where I landed as well. Uh, Meltzer gave it a one, and you know, you talked about Nick earlier about uh, the shots that Foley was taking. He called all of those shots specifically because the crowd just seemed disengaged and not connected at all to this match. He called it purposeless brain damage. Oof, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good description for Foley putting his livelihood on the line for no crowd reaction purposeless brain damage two months ago it's king of the ring right so you can imagine how you get caught up in this kind of thing right like you gotta go hard every time and like just for this no don't do that all right next up we've got triple h versus the rock in a ladder match if this sounds familiar to you we covered this match in episode 55 um which we covered on may 19th 2022 um, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to touch on it and we're going to talk a little bit about how we felt back then, how we feel about it right now. We've also, uh, we've added a link to that specific episode in case anybody did not listen and would like to go listen to it because we talk about it in depth about good 30, 40 minutes. Um, so once again, it's episode 55 that we recorded 
May 19th, 2022. We covered it because of The Rock's 50th birthday. And it's cla- It's a classic episode. Definitely. It is. Out. It's a really good one. I listened back just trying to pick up some notes and pull the ratings that we had and stuff like that. So I thought it was really entertaining. Uh, Nick, mm-hmm. you commented during that episode like, over a year ago that we may want to save the entire pay-per-view for this summer. Well, it wasn't that summer in 2022. <laughs> we delivered it in 2023. Here we are as part of this uh, long ass <laughs> the summer of 1998 but here we are uh we did a lot of dumping on the chris warren and the dx band which include jim johnson playing guitar uh not joe for jimmy polo <laughs> over here My bad. uh we've already talked about maddie csi was a nickname that never stuck from episode 55 which is trying i'm trying to dig it back up hop god is uh is still cool and all but maddie csi i don't know it, it, it feels a little fitting <laughs> did here. you give yourself that nickname no it was jim jim i was it gonna was say jim. because yeah, again we, we need like uh you playing the law and order music in the background and you're yeah. like, <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> looking at the apron with a magnifying glass you know? <laughs> that's exactly what that what we were talking about so go listen in i talked about a three inch diameter magnifying glass that my grandparents had uh as they were trying to read the newspaper uh and then we had a lot of talk about shammy shosha does anybody remember that (laughs) so there's two clips i have to play for you first and foremost from episode 55 let's hear nick and jim talk about jr talking about sammy sosa keep in mind 1998 mark mcguire and sammy sosa were in the home run chase along with greg vaughn kind of adjacent but uh they were right in the heart of it it was super important but uh here we go Um, well sammy sosa (laughs) nobody talks about sammy sosa and then and then later on sammy sosa comes up again and jim this this may have been my favorite of the entire episode. Sammy Sosa doesn't give a shit about you. <laughs> yes. Sammy, Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa doesn't give a shit about you. I was JR such a Sammy Sosa yeah, stand. Infatuated. Because it was all about McGuire and then yeah, Sosa yeah. was in the background. But McGuire hit 70. Sosa yeah. ended with 66, right? So it wasn't, it wasn't over at this point. Though, right? it was, no, it no, no, yeah. no. They're in the heat of it, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in the yeah. dog is, days of summer come baseball yeah. time. Yeah, baby. This is the very end of August. Dino yeah, was still I, lingering around at this point, right? To Not to get uh, a drop of Yankees reference in there. But I feel like Tino was in that chase for the first uh, half of the season. Man, we can move on. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw Sosa hit number 58 in Wrigley. Wow. That year. That's pretty cool. Oh, did you stand up awesome. and go, Sammy Sosa hit a home run? <laughs> yeah. Everybody so, cares about Sammy Sosa. I, I was one eye look. so crazed about that chase that I I had like a, a, a printout on my door yeah. to my room, and it had a picture of McGuire, Sosa, and Greg Vaughn because he was like the third wheel <laughs> in, in all of this, right? <laughs> so I cut out with like an X-Acto knife. I cut out a window. And I taped another piece of paper behind it, and I made like a little slide-in piece, and I had the scoreboard on my door in 1998. That's how big of a baseball <laughs> nerd I am. So, uh, yeah, makes makes sense that I'm leading the division in Ace Field Retro's Fantasy League this year. <laughs> Just had to throw that in for you, Ace. This match is – it goes long. It goes 26 minutes, and, man, watching it back, it delivers – it totally does, man. Like yeah. 
the, can I give the ratings for yes please, for what we all there. gave? Let's start with Meltzer. Meltzer gave it four point two five. He he was gushing about this match, about how it was really focusing on the youth of this pay per view, and you know he cited D'Lo and 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 Val Venus from earlier, but most importantly, like the rock and triple H really got over. And these are mid card guys here fighting over the IC title in a ladder match, which this is the first ladder match in WWF history that did not have HBK in the match. So anyway, Meltzer gives it a 4.25. I was the low man at 4.0. Mike also came in at 4.25 and Nick and Jim were both at 4.5. Does anybody else besides myself want to change their grade from where they are? If they watch this back. No, because I just I still pleasantly surprised that it's better than what I remember. Yes, a lot and better than what I remember. That that was our take. The, our biggest, com- our, excuse me, our biggest complaint, along with Meltzer's, was that how slow and purposeful they were as they were climbing yeah. the ladder, and it just felt like so forever. Here's something to put out there. I think when we watched it in episode fifty five, we watched it as an individual match. Yep. Right. Watching this with the pay per view. I'd be tempted to give it a higher ranking because of how good it is in comparison to show. all the other uh, matches. Best match on the show. Yeah, yeah. it's Easy clearly it's clearly what you would call a show stealer. Mm-hmm. Like it's clearly the best match on the card, and like because of that, I'd like go close. I'd bump my rating from. I can't go five because of those flaws, but I'd probably bump it to the four point seven five, and I probably give the quarters the least out of the four of us. Yeah, it's the, yeah. the tentpole match of this card, which right. makes it unfortunate to watch the card minus this because I right. feel like it's going to affect my overall grade for it. So I'm going to have to like Frankenstein my grade together <laughs> for the whole card. So I was holding strong to my shtick in episode 55 of I don't give quarter grades and Meltzer giving it 4.25 made me push away from the 4.25 even further. And in the moment, I, I admitted to being an asshole and I just dropped it to a four rather than going to a four and a half. I, I, I truly believe that 4.25 is the accurate grade for this one. So if I was to raise my hand, I was being an asshole at the time. Uh, and I'm moving this up to four and a quarter. The match was incredible. I did watch it back again. It was much more laid back because I wasn't necessarily taking notes on it. And I was just sitting there and enjoying it. I was laughing about the things that we talked about in episode 55, yet still enjoying the match for what it was. And these two dudes like really busted their ass. And 100% rock rock lost loses the match, but he really gets himself over in this match. And, Triple H is battling a major knee injury at this time. It inevitably makes him drop the belt later on in the year. I think it was September, which is like just a short time later. So these two dudes really put it all on the line in this ladder match that was different than what a Shawn Michaels one was. And, you know, Nick was defending in episode 55. When you go back and listen, like... You, Nick in particular was really defending how big these dudes are and lumbering up these these ladders and how you know wobbly they are and it, it makes more sense than we were and taking Shawn Michaels out of it inevitably and Jim was 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 talking about taking Shawn Michaels out of the match inevitably makes it much slower and we were used to Shawn and Razor um, climbing ladders and these two were much more lumbering and, and yeah. going on I, I'm, I'm circling around but this match was tremendous. If there's yeah, we, one match on the card, this is the one. Yeah, yeah China and, and Mark Henry get involved yes. in it. You know, the end is is to recap the end. China comes in, gives 
gives Rock a low blow. That gives Triple H enough time to grab the belt, and it's China in the green. Yeah, she China in the green. Like, I'm kind of into it. Gotta say, <laughs> she realizes there's no disqualification. Oh yeah. She's like, oh okay. Like, well, she, she waits until Mark Henry and uh, interferes, uh, and then she's like, oh oh right. And on Peacock, there's this exclusive um, interview with The Rock backstage, right? Um, which yeah. must have been exclusive to the home video or whatever. And it's Rock really putting himself over, even though he just lost. Yep. And it really, in hindsight, you see crimson him on mask. the road. Yeah, the crimson mask, everything. He's taking his boots off. He tells like the ref to get out of there or the doctor, whoever it is. And it just sets the stage for what's to come at Survivor Series when he is, he's, you know, he takes over. Like he lost the battle, but he's going to win the war. Yeah, 100%. At least for the, the short term. Awesome. So we've got our main event of the night, which is the Highway to Hell, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the the reigning champion, facing off against The Undertaker. Undertaker comes out first to what I believe is his best theme music in his 30-plus year career. Jimmy Polo knows it well. He used to <laughs> but... uh, practice his tennis game to that song. <laughs> but, Thank you. But I felt like during this entrance... He almost, like, Taker didn't know how to handle himself during this entrance. Like, it's, I don't know. It, it, I, did it feel weird to anybody else, or is it just me? Like, he, he was jittery in a way. It was strange. Major transition period, right? He's still yeah. months away from going full heel with the Ministry of Darkness. Yeah, no teardrop. And it's weird because, like, it feels like you watching this, it's like, when was Kane versus Undertaker WrestleMania? To Road Dog's point, it feels old school, but it's only a few months ago. But because they're really like turning right. this thing, it's it's really interesting. And I think Undertaker's a fascinating like look at how like the whole thing is turning and changing. You've got Jr. rattling off how he's beaten Hogan and Sid for the title before, which is really interesting because you know they're at war with each other. Uh, the two companies, WCW and Hogan, still headlining things over there. I. I feel like this is the forgotten theme for the Undertaker too. Like, I, I, I didn't remember it. Oh, this in the is moment. my favorite. The, like, our we always talked about how this was like one of our favorites, like favorite theme musics. Period. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it gets lost between the classic Taker and then moving into like Ministry of Darkness time. Yeah. Like, yes. It's that crossover period that just in my brain just washed away, man. Like I. Yeah. I forgot all about it. We've talked I, about this. I certainly I, dug it. Yeah, I did not like The Undertaker back then. Did no, not like him. I, those matches all. were boring. I did not like it at all. But I remember having this CD with this music on it. And to Mikey Workrate's point, I was like, I just like fell in love with the music to the point where like I'm swinging the tennis racket in my room before I'm going off to the match. Like, yeah, get fired up. Man, I could feel it now. I mean, you brought That's me back. so good. I can oh, see yeah. it. I, I'm closing my eyes. I can see. I might have. Jimmy I definitely Cole. like nicked the. Uh, no, it's like high school me. Like nicking the. You know, I've actually hit the dresser because I'm yeah. like, you know, long yeah. arm. Yeah. <laughs> Austin, Thank God, that... no one walked in on me. Maybe someone did. Because how did that story get out? <laughs> you you definitely know. told us. Yeah, I think you told us. <laughs> Austin. Austin gets the uh, glass shattering of his logo, uh, or like the skull holding a beer. Um, and everyone is grabbing at him in that tight aisle way. He gets a huge pop, as expected. Uh, man, it, I, it I feels have... like a main event when he comes out. Yeah, it totally does. And that that skull skeleton logo, like every time I see it, for all the old punk rock dudes like me, 
I only see the social distortion logo. Uh, I've got to find it. I'll send it to you guys later. But that's the only thing I can see with the Stone Cold logo. I know exactly what you're talking about. And and I was trying to pinpoint what it was. And I think that's it. Social D is what sticks out in my head every time I see it. Um, The match starts off like kind of like it's like very hard hitting, grappling, a lot of punching and clotheslining. But then it's really when... um, when they start to head outside of the ring that things really pick up and takers dominating most of this match um which watching it you're like well austin's gonna win because takers just like destroying him at every chance he gets i like that you see um both of them try out different things or think not different things necessarily but things you haven't you're not used to seeing them do austin with a drop toe hold early right is yes is, is up and then you read about it. Undertaker was used to seeing kind of like whatever was happening, how wrestling was evolving at the time, the hardcore stuff, and he wanted to try different things. And there's a spot later in the match we'll get to, but it's kind of fun to see them outside of their usual comfort zones, you know, and, and doing kind of different things with each other in this face versus face match. Maybe that's what brings it on. I don't know. Well, Undertaker's not really a face. For sure, he is here. Yeah, definitely. he definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a heel. He's, Crowd wasn't he's... booing him. I'd say this is as no. much face versus face as Hogan he's, versus he's, Warrior. He's trying to like go towards the heel. Yeah, uh, but he hands him the title. With Kane, yeah, Kane is bad. Kane yeah, is definitely a heel. But it's still it's not concrete yet. I don't think it's, I mean, it's it, still not kind of concrete, but it's what? like trending that way. Sure. Trending that way, yeah. Watching it back, it's super. It's super confusing to me to like try and reminisce. And like remember what the hell was going on because like you said, I thought I watching this back, I felt like it was very uh face like taker. Um he's certainly got supporters in the crowd, right? And like not as 100%. many as Austin, but there's like you see the right. signs and does, stuff. Though, yeah, yeah, he's, but he's I mean, the yeah. Undertaker. I know, there's, but he, I don't think he's a heel yet. I just don't there's, think he's No, I agree. There's definitely rest in peace chance happening at the Garden at this time. But if you think like the New York crowd is usually much like Nick uh, leans towards the heels, and, and yeah, maybe that's why they had him face Austin because yeah, Austin's maybe. the huge baby face. They want Taker to get booed. Well, maybe this, good point. This this match gets blown up early. If you notice, uh, Austin comes off the ropes. Taker bends over to take the. Uh, to set up for the back body drop, but instead, uh, under uh, excuse me, Austin kicks him in the chest. Taker comes up and knocks uh, Austin right underneath the chin, which actually knocks him out cold. Oh yeah, he's in the he's middle, wobbly in throughout the beginning this whole match. of this match. He takes a back bump, and then you see like he tries to bring his head up, and he just drops down. And yep. dude is knocked out cold in the beginning of this match. And I'm pretty certain that Austin has told the story about how. There's a few times he's been knocked out, and this is one of them. And wow. then after that, this match feels like it never gets to the 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 peak that the wrestlers want, that the crowd wants. Like it's they still put on a great show, and Taker is still nursing that ankle injury that we talked about during King of the Ring and the the uh, Hell in the Cell match. Like this match is hamstrung from the beginning. What's totally. with him in the bad SummerSlam juju? That's right? what I was like, just going right? to say. SummerSlam is not his thing, man. Not I agree, his though. Thing. I, He's a winter the, guy. <laughs> winter, yeah. <laughs> Stone cold. Yeah, he needs that coat. Um, <laughs> but that's leather, crazy, though. Leather it's, vest, pal. 
It's so interesting though, because I the whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking like, how is this match not ever get into fifth gear? Right, it just right. doesn't happen. No, right. and, maybe, and maybe that's it. And it's because Definitely. Austin is pretty. He's knocked out cold and is probably concussed throughout this entire match. He, uh, it, it, like I feel like it's it kind of heats up once the the Spanish announce table spot happens. So right, I think under- it's even before that. I think once they spill out into the crowd, like I in my notes here, I was like, the crowd is quiet. And the, the yes. match pace, the, the pace of the match after Austin gets his bell rung is significantly slower than what I would have expected, even for a, an Undertaker match. And the crowd is super dead. Kane pops his head out of the back. Taker tells him to go back. You get JR, the demon seed, uh, t- talking about Kane. And then they finally get into the crowd and they start fighting through the crowd, which, man, those New York City security guards really earned their money that night. Uh, there's, I was, we talked about in episode one, the Goldberg sign. There's another Goldberg sign, but this one probably oh, made made Nick's skin crawl. It said, Goldberg is the man. Uh, <laughs> the man. The man. D-A. The man. Kind of like. <laughs> He's the man, biatch. <laughs> oh, wait, give me the road dog, please. <laughs> but. But squizzy and the busy, what do you say? <laughs> yeah, what, the dizumster, the diggity diggity dizumster, diggity diggity and the dizumster. Anyway, it finally feels like it gets to fourth gear once they get into the crowd, and then Nick, as you were saying, like they finally get to kind of the peak of this yes. match, the epitaph of it when uh, Austin is laid out on the Spanish announce table. Taker goes to the top. He's, he's wobbly, too, on that top row. Yeah, man. I mean, he's got that ankle injury on top of it, and he drops what is supposed to be a leg drop through the table, but Austin slides off. Undertaker he overshoots s- it. Yeah, just barely. Undertaker slides off, but Austin slides and hits the ground. Undertaker slides, and both of his feet land one on one chair, one on the other of where the announcers yeah. are sitting on, and is able to kind of hover above Austin. And the table doesn't break. The table doesn't break. It's it's a wild spot. And there's these weird purple chairs there. They they're like MSG Did chairs. They're that? classic yeah. classic yeah. purple MSG color, like that purple and teal green. Yes, it's yes. very specific oh, 90s, to yeah. '90s yep. MSG. Man, like they've redone MSG and they've repainted it, and they've they've kind of gotten rid of those Got ugly rid of the ass colors. colors. Yeah, yeah, man. Like it it totally has that vibe. But that was really the epitaph like that was the peak of and the crowd this match crowd could have dumped all over that spot for the table not breaking but they like loved it they absolutely ate it up there was a dude in the front row that had a completely bald head uh, yeah earl hefner had to push him over the railing to get something written he had something written on his skull too like i don't know if it was a number or what but like this dude is 316 yeah right you're probably right and he is completely reaching over the barricade just trying to touch austin or trying to touch undertaker and hefner comes in and pushes this dude back like get the out of here man yeah so i uh they they eventually make their way back into the ring and i did not remember the ending and i'm not gonna lie i really liked the spot to end the match before we get to the ending like right before the spanish announce table and getting austin outside of the ring how about the bump that this dude takes like he's going off the ropes and he's going towards undertaker undertaker sidesteps him and very much like sean taking the bump 
to the back off of the coffin mm-hmm. earlier in the year, he like awkwardly flies too heavy and too high, hard off, over the top rope, tries mm-hmm. to hang on to catch his balance and nails what looks like his side on the ring apron. Thankfully, it was his side and not his back, but like that was a gnarly spot, man. The so the the end though I, I totally agree with that but the end uh, where Taker goes to to do the rope walk one more time Austin catches him with a low blow which we talked about earlier in that yep. backstage promo uh, hits him with a low blow and then the stunner and then Earl Hebner has what what is what is that count it's the slowest it count so, well, he didn't get knocked out or yeah. anything why no. <laughs> Mike, that's exactly what I thought, man. I thought it the was, same thing. It was the count that happens after a ref bump, but there was no ref bump. Yeah. It's that s- extremely slow, and even the crowd, man. Like he's at two, and they're already saying three. Like yeah. it's a full half, yeah. full full second before the actual three count happens. It's you, it's wild. And you know when Hebner's doing that, when he acts like so injured when he's doing that slow thing, but here he's just. It's, I mean, it's just us. Nobody bumped yeah. him. He There's no bump. There's no bump. Get it. Didn't make any sense. Didn't help the ending. No, uh, it didn't help the ending. Yeah, it it didn't make it for a dramatic ending at all. Undertaker gets the belt after the match is over, pauses, and then presents it to, to Stone Cold. Undertaker walks the aisle. Kane joins him, uh, along with some jabroni who brought a full-size cardboard cutout of Stone Cold <laughs> in the aisle. <laughs> uh, what was Did that? Did anybody else catch in between the two and the three Jeez. count? that there's a classic New York City moment as a water bottle bounces off the middle of the ring. No, <laughs> so I did not. It, there's a one, two, and then all of a sudden a water bottle just out of nowhere, <laughs> pink, and just flies in and out of the screen like at a heartbeat. And uh, then you finally, you finally it. get a, th- a three. Yeah, like maybe maybe there was a taker Rick, being a face here. <laughs> yeah. I saved him. I saved him. I did it. It was. It, listen, was it a five star match? No, I don't think I could go higher than a three, though. That's yeah. where I put it. I, I'd give it maybe yeah. a three, just because of the main event. the The atmosphere at times felt big time, but other than I, that, man, I am as much as I hate doing it. I am fully with you. It's a three for me. It's 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 good. I enjoyed it. Austin being concussed in the very beginning, or at least knocked out, the crowd not being fully into it makes me put a couple of cans back into the cooler. You want to go ahead? I'm going to say the same exact thing. Three. So am I. Just doesn't live up to the hype, so right? Like you almost shot. want to take more cans away from it because it because yeah. of the hype here. Cheers. Because of the hype. Because um, I mean, God, the poster alone. Like, come yeah. on. Oh, this, that's, that's one of the most did, iconic posters. Statue of Liberty we... fighting with the Empire State yeah, Building. Yeah. Like, you on. wanted Ghostbusters too, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what this. I don't know how we've gotten through over two hours worth of content and talking about this pay-per-view, and we haven't talked about the greatest poster in the history of wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's up there, I mean, man. M- M- Mike's love for Matt Botvin has been told in the past, but he put out <laughs> a pair of shorts with those on them, and I couldn't resist buying them, and they nice. are tremendous. Yeah, but the match, oof, it's yeah. fine. It's just fine. It it's good and it's unfortunate. 
because of the ankle injury and because of the Austin concussion. And even Austin has been vocal about being disappointed that they couldn't get to stealing Jim's words right. before they couldn't get to fifth gear. They just couldn't get there. And uh, Meltzer gave it a three and a half, which I, I can agree God, with. That's like, so, I can, that's I, generous. I think, I know, you know? very generous. I feel like three is generous. Like you're almost blinded by the hype. Like, Oh, yes. this is a classic match. I'm watching a classic match, but it's not, that good if this was no. whoever val venus first delo you'd be like hmm. <laughs> yeah no you're 100 percent right so should we just copy and, and like cut and edit what we just said about this match and replay it to give our cans for the entire event because that's how i feel i feel like i can't go higher than a three for this the only way i could is yeah. maybe if i watched maybe if we didn't review the ladder match in depth i could go a little bit higher but Three yeah. is kind of where I land on the entire pay-per-view. So my notes on the entire card, and I'm proud of myself. I actually gave it a rating in my notes. I typically go to the actual recording time and go, oh, shit, I didn't give anything. So in 1998, this was probably a four and a half. Now, looking Absolutely. back, it's it's a three and a half for me. I, I can go to the three and a half. It's it feels like a super important match with the ladder match with Austin and uh, excuse me, yes. with triple H and the rock. There are some fun things in here. Uh, the, the, the fight pit, the lion's den was like, we're looking back on it with this, like meh, whatever kind of thing. But at the time it was super important. And I don't know, it just, it, it feels like 1998 was this peak Maybe it's coming off of the shit that we watched with Bash at the Beach. We talked about that when we were rating Heat Wave of like, hey, we just watched Bash at the Beach. It was so poor that this get, get, kicks up a notch. Maybe I'm trying to do that, but three and a half is where I'm landing. And I, I don't know. It, it feels nostalgic. And maybe that's why I'm giving it an extra half a can too. And that's okay. That's I think that's perfectly fair. I always struggle yeah. with, you know, we could we watch these cards a lot. I think that it was like SummerSlam 92 and like we shred every match almost. But then you're like the whole card though, it's fun. Like, yes, like the right, sum of the parts, right? right? Like the, the whole is greater than the yeah, sum yeah, of the yeah. parts. That's well said. And I think this is, I think we mentioned it in the, the Triple H rock episode, which is, this is almost like peak attitude era in a way, right? Like of, I don't know, something about this card is like all the things clicking together. They're on this run. They're taking down WCW. Sure. They get bigger the next year more popular but i don't know this is a memorable card it's msg you remember it fondly like matt said there's this nostalgia for it when you go back and rewatch eh, it's not that great yeah. but like it's it's still fun to watch it's loaded with talent loaded well right said. like you know yeah. the rock the rock stone cold the giant silver it's a i'm, <laughs> I'm a <laughs> i'll shut it down i'm i'm with matt i'm gonna say a 3.5 if you smell what the giant silver <laughs> <laughs> What's your rating? I'm going to go with a solid three. All right. Just like you. Yeah. Uh, you guys said it all. I mean, maybe if the main event was lived up to the hype, yeah. it just, that would have definitely bumped it up for I, me. That's, that's probably a good point, man. Like, if they put out an absolute banger for the final match, I guarantee you that we would all be talking in the fours. But they just, yeah, they, could, they couldn't pull it off for whatever reason injury related or whatever you want yeah. to hang on it at the crowd just not being there which is strange for a new york crowd too man like it you expect that crowd to deliver and yeah it just felt 
flat at I, times I throughout the evening. I remembered that too. Like there was a reason why I never really gone back and like no. watched Agreed. Undertaker versus Austin at this. Yeah. Like I I never really cared for it. So I mean, it's it's okay, but it's. Uh, well, every yeah. other match on the card had a stipulation except for this one. Oh, like, pretty much. Like, <laughs> Did the oddities match the stipulation? No. <laughs> yeah, three versus three on four. Fair enough. And, and I think maybe we rate this a little higher, too, if Vince doesn't neuter that match and we get the intro and the celebration. Right. Yeah, maybe. It, this card, I don't know if this thing's the same for you guys on Peacock. Like, it, this card, like, blacks out a lot yes, and, like, commercials. fades in and out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Those are the it's people that, that, that pay for the ads versus don't pay for the ads. Uh, it's especially it. frustrating because it, was... it happens in this match right as Stone Cold gets concussed. Yes. Yeah. It cuts yep. black. It goes mm-hmm. to a commercial, essentially. It, it's it's very frustrating. So since we've all given our ratings and we, we hover around that three, three and a half of this card, I I shamefully didn't go back and do my homework and grab all our ratings of the pay-per-views. But now that we've concluded these eight episodes of the summer of 1999 – or 1998, sorry. Um, where do you guys land? Like, what? Okay, so here's my first question for you. What was your favorite pay per view out of the four? King of the Ring, uh, Bash at the Beach, Heat Wave, or SummerSlam? What was your favorite that you watched? Not the best, your favorite to watch. I gotta say, Heat Wave, actually. Man, I, might, I, I might go with King of the Ring, honestly. And I know we I hated am torn. It. <laughs> I am very torn between those two. Like I, I'm it's, sitting it's gotta here be between those two. It's easily between those two. We can we can say that Bash of the Beach is a distant fourth. It's front heavy. Think, yeah, yeah, front heavy for sure. I agree with that. Nick may not uh, <laughs> play it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man, I I think I I'm I'm. Mm, I'm going Heat Wave. Yeah, so I was going to say Heat Wave because to me, and I said this during that episode, one of my favorite things about the quote-unquote homework of this show is doing homework and watching things for the first time, and Mm -hmm. that was fresh to me, and and to me that was fun. And here's the thing, right? Like Now having done this, we've watched a lot of these cards all summer long. If I had to pick one, like in a few months to go back and watch, I'd probably like throw on Heat Wave and right. be like, "Oh, like here's the stuff I missed that you guys talk about." Right. Like, "Oh, that is awesome." And like cuz that card is stacked. Oh, and this, 100%. This is not. So, okay, so ready out of the out of the four pay-per-views that we covered, what was your favorite to cover? Hmm. Uh, this I, only one card has Giant Silva on it, so. <laughs> I'm going I'm going King of the Ring. I, I, just yeah. being able to talk about Hell in the Cell, being able to relive that with such a microscope on it yes. was really friggin' cool to me. And just it's one of those iconic iconic times, iconic moments in wrestling that it's really cool to sit here and talk about with the four of you, with the three of you and having other people listen to it and comment on how we felt too. You just saying that I can hear the crowd as Foley yeah. falls. That, yeah. 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 That was, that, that was hands down the, the best thing that we covered. 
right? Like the the King of the Ring recovering that and the the match alone. If I Iconic. had to pinpoint one match, it's it's that. Hundred percent. And that was for, the appetizer for, to this whole situation yeah, we did here. Seriously. Right. Yeah, we weren't gonna. Yeah. I originally threw down the three, uh, WCW, ECW, WWF, and you were like, oh, why don't we start it off with King of the Ring? <laughs> and, why don't we and do that one was more? The best. Yeah, why don't yeah. we do one more? Why don't we exhaust ourselves some more? Uh, you know what? Can we give him a bonus episode next week? Let's do uh, Sunday Night Heat. <laughs> <laughs> but no I, what I was hard The pass. reason I asked, I asked that last question was because I think, as much as I hated it and shit on it, I think the Bash at the Beach episodes were my favorite out of the eight, and That's I don't funny. know why. I think it was <laughs> just it's a, fun to bash. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to to fire everyone, everybody up, and everyone loves to bash in the beach. Yeah, bash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so this, so this time next year, are we going to do the summer of nineteen ninety nine? Nope, 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 nope. I don't want no Jesse Ventura bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, sorry. Sorry, guys. So that being said, you gave me a perfect segue because uh, next week, for me in particular and all of our children, it's back to school. Uh, so we're going to be taking a week off. Um, but after that, I'm excited because we're going to be returning to our original format of the show. We'll be alternating between homework and extra credit episodes. Uh, on the homework episodes, we'll cover a match that has been voted on by my followers on Instagram at Extra Cooler. And then we'll have extra credit episodes where Matt will bring us through everything happening in the world of wrestling. Uh, I'm really excited for this to, you know, highlight one match, cover what's on the card a little bit, touch on it, and, you know, go back to our roots, if you will. Housekeeping, real quick. Uh, you said my followers. Two of them are mine, so our followers. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wanted to make a, a comment I and I couldn't I couldn't get to there fast enough and uh, I can always Jim's got a, a a quick trigger finger I always appreciate it. Listen, I got a blue check mark that I paid for. All right, so <laughs> for real. While we're at it, don't forget to follow, subscribe, rate, review, and tell all of your friends about the Extra Cooler Show available wherever you get your podcasts. And if Cheers. anybody knows, please make sure to tell Shamish Shosha about the Extra Cooler Show. <laughs> Greg Vaughn for life, baby. Mo Vaughn. Vance, if the outlaws don't like it, well, I've got 13 words for them. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> right, so, uh, right, so, uh, what's in cooler? Oh, that just blew my mind. <laughs> the rhino, the rhino's on ya. Extra credit. Port, 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 port side heater. Extra credit. Nasty, nasty. Nice. <laughs>